What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you have already begun enjoying 2023. Yeah, it's a real thing, family. And let me just tell you, not only is 2023 a thing, but the world of pro wrestling is off to a very fast start. It really is. And I got to tell you, that's actually extremely exciting. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I love the idea that there are some significant things happening in the world of pro wrestling. And so we don't have to wait long and we'll get into some conversation about what is going on right now. But as always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Thank you for following us. If you are new, welcome aboard. It is great to have you with us. For those who are subscribed to our podcast, thank you so much. If you're not subscribed, today's a great day to subscribe to our podcast. Now then, let's get into this news because there's a lot of news and I'm gonna give you a precursor. Here's how it looks. Today, we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about Wrestle Kingdom 17. It took place earlier today in Tokyo, Japan at the famed Tokyo Dome. Now, a little bit of history about Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom is the annual January 4th show that New Japan Pro Wrestling produces. It is really their biggest show of the year. It is akin to WrestleMania in the WWE. It is a massive show where a lot of things from the previous year end up culminating there. It has become extremely popular in America these days, and we have to really go all the way back to, say, 2016-2017, the iconic match that happened between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. That is really what began to draw a lot of eyes in the modern era to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so I can tell you from my experience, that's when I started watching and a lot of others started watching as well. So when things began to change, now four years ago, 2019, where we saw the final appearance of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes at Wrestle Kingdom, we all knew it was because of the start of All Elite Wrestling. However, in comma, what would it mean for New Japan? So let's just think about what has happened to New Japan since the departure of Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and Cody Rhodes. So for many, Omega, the Bucks, and Rhodes, aka the Elite, were the draw. That was the carrot that got us connected to New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan did not really have an American star at that particular point. Most of their stars were, again, from Japan, with some stars coming from England, insert Will Ospreay. They also did not have a women's division in 2019. Of course, the pandemic hits in 2020. The pandemic impacts a lot of folks in pro wrestling, especially in Japan, though, where in Japan, they spent quite a bit of time either doing empty arena matches or matches at limited capacity. And it really wasn't until this edition of Wrestle Kingdom where actually fans could verbally cheer again. So that's what made this significant. There's a lot that's happened to New Japan. It has undergone new ownership. They've also done some expansion, formal expansion 
into the United States, creating New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. There's a full show based here in America called NJPW Strong. They have since created championships there, a tag title, a singles title. So there's been a lot. There's been the opening of the LA Dojo. A lot's happened for New Japan. With that said, coming into Wrestle Kingdom 17, there were some very interesting elements to this particular show and some big time history being made. So let's talk about the history that was made here at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 17. It is the first time that you had a currently contracted AEW star and WWE star appearing on the same card, particularly in a New Japan ring. From the WWE, you have Carl Anderson, who walked in as the never open weight champion. From AEW, you have FTR, who were the current IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. And you have Kenny Omega, who walked in challenging for the United States Championship. And then, in terms of history, it was the first time ever that the IWGP Women's Championship would be defended at a Wrestle Kingdom. In fact, it was the very first defense of the championship. That championship won by Kyrie, formerly known as Kyrie Same. That happened at the big crossover event back in November that saw Stardom and New Japan working together. So, there was lots of elements of history. And then there were rumored appearances that could happen as well. So, with all of that serving as a backdrop, you can imagine a lot of folks were willing to either take a nap or stay up late or get up early to be able to watch Wrestle Kingdom 17 unfold. In terms of my own story, I knew that it started here on the East Coast at 1.20 a.m. Eastern. So I did get a little bit of sleep, set my alarm to watch. Now, let me tell you what happens with Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom started, of course, with an exhibition match. Then it had its kind of pre-show. That was the New Year's Rumble. And so that was all part of the pre-show. As a matter of fact, speaking of the pre-show, let's kind of tell you what happened. So Bolton Oleg took on Oiwa in a an exhibition match. Then with the New Year's Rumble, it came down to the final four men. That would be Sho, the Great Okan, Toru Yano, and Shingo Tagaki. Those four will advance to New Year's Dash's 2023 King of Pro Wrestling trophy match. That actually happens tomorrow. Then in the third match in the pre-show, it saw Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima and Togi Makabe defeating Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah, the legendary Tatsumi Fujinami. Tiger Mask and Minoru Suzuki in the Antonio Inoki Memorial Match. Now, of course, this entire show was dedicated to Antonio Inoki, the creator of New Japan Pro Wrestling, who passed away in 2022. Now, let's talk about the results from the main card and then some of the really big moments that happened. So the card kicked off with Catch-22. That is TJP and Francesco Akira, who defeated Leo Rush and Yo to retain the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships. Kyrie defeated Tam Nakano to retain the IWGP Women's Championship. Bishimon 
which is the team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, defeated FTR to win the IWGP Tag Team titles. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Ren Narita to become the inaugural New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion. Tamatanga defeats Carl Anderson to win the Never Open Weight Championship. Keiji Muto, also known as the Great Muda in some circles, along with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shota Umino, defeated Tetsuya Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. This was Keiji Muto's final New Japan matchup. Then you had Hiromu Takahashi defeated Taji Ishimori, El Desperado, and Master Wado to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. In the co-main event, Kenny Omega defeated Will Ospreay to become the two-time IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Champion. And last but not least, Kazuchika Okada defeated Jay White to once again become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. That's a look at the actual results. Now it's time to talk about some of the big moments that happened here and the takeaways from Wrestle Kingdom 17. And we'll do that when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for it a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it wouldn't read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a new, there will always be the SH. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction. 
All right, Wrestle Kingdom 17 is officially in the books and the whole world is talking. That is not hyperbole. Literally, the hashtag WK17, the official hashtag for Wrestle Kingdom, was the number one trend in the world on Twitter. That in itself is extremely significant. I feel as though New Japan Pro Wrestling had a lot to prove with Wrestle Kingdom 17. With fans now returning, fans being able to cheer, would the world be interested in what New Japan is doing? Well, the answer is clearly yes. So let's talk about some of the big moments. One of the biggest moments that everyone is talking about, there were lots of questions coming into Wrestle Kingdom 17, would Mercedes Vernado, formerly known as Sasha Banks, show up in New Japan? And the answer was yes. Now, there were lots of questions and innuendo around this. Certainly, many were wondering all the way back in May when Sasha Banks left WWE, would she come back? It seemed for many like a foregone conclusion that she would. But as we saw, she did not. And as we're looking back, we can really start to see that a lot of the handwriting was on the wall earlier than we realized for one if you'll notice during the summer she had announced that she would not be taking any wrestling bookings until after january the first that was interesting in and of itself and here's why because if you're not taking wrestling bookings why is that what is planned january the first and if you're not taking these bookings are you still contracted to wwe are you just choosing not to wrestle what's happening. We saw the real rise of Mercedes Vernado as the human being. Sure, people still knew her as Sasha, but then she went on to do modeling, she's done acting, and she's really been living out her dream. And one of her dreams has always been to perform in Japan. We started really seeing some other things happening in terms of things and names being trademarked, etc., etc., etc. And then yesterday, before everything popped off with Wrestle Kingdom, all of a sudden, from her Twitter account, she issued a number of thank yous. Thank you to WWE. Thank you to Triple H. Thank you to William Regal. Thank you to her crew. Thank you, hashtag Sasha Banks. So now many really began to wonder, could this thing actually happen with her and New Japan Pro Wrestling? So we moved to the match. A really intriguing match between the champion Kyrie and the challenger Tam Nakano. Now, I will tell you from the outset, I was really surprised that the match was so short. It was a hard-hitting match, but it's short for Wrestle Kingdom standards. It was a five-minute match, extremely short. And I think that was clearly because we were going to see the appearance, the debut of Mercedes Vernado. And we did. And she appeared as Mercedes Monet. She looks amazing. You could tell this was a huge moment and it is surreal. You know, I will say this. One of the things that happens in pro wrestling with the IWC, the internet wrestling community, is, you know, we hear rumors and we start running and we start talking. And so the art of the surprise is pretty much gone these days because of all of the speculation that's out there with all of that said though part of the real thing is tuning in to see 
Is this really going to happen? It reminded me of all of the rumors that went on around WrestleMania 33, whether or not we would see the return of the Hardys. And it looked like we were or maybe we weren't. And they actually trolled us really well on that WrestleMania Sunday when they actually posted a picture of themselves in the airport leaving Orlando, Florida. Well, it turns out that they did show up and the world loved it. Well, I'll tell you this, the world loved the appearance of Mercedes Monet. And I'm excited. One of the things she did, she put Kyrie down and then announced that she will be challenging for the IWGP Women's Championship on February the 18th at Battle in the Valley in San Jose. Can you say massive? What a huge coup for New Japan Pro Wrestling to sign Mercedes Monet. And it's not over because there's a lot of rumor that we could be seeing Mercedes Monet in an AEW ring within the next eight days or so. And I say eight, really I should probably say seven. Some think she might appear tonight. Others think she might appear next week. I personally think if she does appear tonight, that's going to be wild. That's a pretty long flight between Tokyo, Japan, and Seattle, Washington. I think it makes more sense for her to show up next week. I also think she may be showing up at New Year's Dash tomorrow in Tokyo. So there's that. But we'll see. I won't get into that innuendo and rumor. I will say she looks amazing. The images that were captured from there are stunning. And it is clear this is a massive story. I am excited to see what Mercedes Monet will do in New Japan Pro Wrestling and wherever else her wrestling travels will take her. Someone asked me the question, okay, so what does her contract look like? So while I don't have all the details of her contract, I can tell you this. And this is probably all you need to know. She's getting paid $100,000 per appearance just sit with that for a second that means she could do six appearances in new japan and she's getting six hundred thousand dollars right she's making bank okay and we can bank on monet now that does not include what else could be happening that could be aew it could be independent though i think that her price tag these days is going to be too big for an independent I'm going to take some time right here to say that I applaud Mercedes Monet. And here's why I applaud her. You guys know my mantra, bet on you, five seconds of courage. By the way, those t-shirts are available right now on Pro Wrestling Tees. And there's a special New Year's sale that's happening. And it goes through January the 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can get 20% off of our t-shirts by using the promo code NEW YEAR. So, I would just suggest today's a great day to go ahead and get your own t-shirt representing Bet On You and 5 Seconds of Courage. But I'm so proud of Mercedes Monet for betting on herself. It took her 5 Seconds of Courage to be able to say, WWE, I don't like the way you're booking us. I don't like what creative looks like. And you know what? We can leave these tag team titles here. I'm going to go bet on me. And that's what she did. And it's proving to be a great bet. She has become a massive star these days. And to be able to take that stardom, pun intended, to New Japan and to stardom, 
is massive, absolutely massive. So congratulations to Mercedes Monet. And let this be a great lesson to all of us here at the start of 2023. A lot of us have been selling ourselves short because we think, oh, that's all I can do or that's all someone will pay me, et cetera, et cetera. You have to teach people how to value you. And that often means you betting on you, being willing to say, I'm going to step away so that I can go ahead and do what I believe it is I'm supposed to do. So by all means, take this opportunity to use five seconds of courage and bet on you. And you can get the t-shirts right now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Again, use that promo code NEWYEAR for 20% off. But that's not the only big thing that happened at Wrestle Kingdom. The next match would see the team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeat FTR to become the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. Now, this is significant to me for a lot of reasons. If you've been paying attention, you'll know that FTR are the belt collectors. Ever since June of this year at Forbidden Door, they've literally had three sets of titles. Really, you can go all the way back, say, to April or so when they won the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Then after that, they won the AAA tag team titles. And then in June, they won the IWGP tag team championships. They've been walking around with three sets of belts for the last six months. Nobody could touch them. And then all of a sudden, we see a couple of weeks ago, they battle for the AEW World Tag Team titles, and they lose that match. Then, at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view final battle, they lose the tag team titles. Then, just last week, they lost the AAA Tag Team Championships, and now today they've lost the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Now, this is not to say that the teams that defeated them weren't worthy tag teams. But it is to say, dropping all of your titles and losing all title matches in a one-month span of time says a few things to me. One of the things that it says is, could their time in AEW and independent wrestling be over? And does that mean a potential return to the WWE, to Triple H's WWE? Which then lends itself to this question. Everybody's been asking, who's going to be the tag team to dethrone the Usos? Picture it. Sicily, 1917. No, 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 no. Picture it. Los Angeles, 2023. The Usos versus FTR for the World Tag Team Champions. I'm putting it out there now. Here's what kind of is the precursor for all of this. Nobody thought coming into 2022 that we would see Cody Rhodes in a WWE ring, but it happened. And that was in Vince McMahon's WWE. I want to just throw this out there right now, that according to ticket sales for WrestleMania, there are already 100,000 tickets sold. Already. Yeah, so if you're trying to go to WrestleMania, go ahead and get your tickets. But there's 100,000 tickets sold with not one match announced. Think about this. Two nights, Triple H's first WrestleMania. This, to me, has massive all over it. FTR versus the Usos. Literally the number one and number two team on Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top 100 tag teams of 2022. 
Yeah, sign me up for it. So to me, I think that's what we just saw. I think we just saw FTR's exit from not just New Japan, but they're preparing to enter the WWE. You heard it here first. Zack Sabre Jr. becomes the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion. That's actually exciting to see. The rule with the TV title matches, they will each have a 15-minute time limit. This match did not go the distance, and Zack Sabre Jr. won this championship. It's his first singles title in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is exciting. He also ended up rejoining TMDK, which features Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols. Here's why that's important. He was part of Suzuki Gun, and Suzuki Gun disbanded at the end of 2022, leaving all of those folks as free agents. So that's a really, really big deal. Tamatanga defeats Carl Anderson to become the never open weight champion. This again makes perfect sense to me. It feels like Carl Anderson finishes his time in New Japan, even while still a WWE superstar, but decides to go ahead and devote his full time to all things WWE. It makes sense. It was a great match. Shout out to Carl Anderson. Final New Japan match for KG Muto. And let me say this having watched the great mood of this past. Sunday take on Shinsuke Nakamura it's actually quite amazing to me that Keiji Muto has worked so hard to make a massive difference between Muto and the great Muta major differences really amazing exciting to see him win this match great career and let me also say this Shota Umino got the pinfall now, this is exciting to me. It's Shota Umino's first Wrestle Kingdom. And if you're not familiar with New Japan, New Japan has this system where if you are a rookie or you're part of the dojo, you are considered a young boy. The young boys end up wrestling usually at the top of the card. They're only allowed to wear black trunks. They're only allowed to use a certain move set. They're not allowed to have a lot of personality or things of that nature. Shota Umino, Ren Narita, I remember watching them as young boys in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now they both had prominent spaces on the card this year. It's exciting to see the New Japan system work and continue to create new stars. And I think that narrative is extremely important for the continued growth, development, and evolution of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So shout out to New Japan for doing something of this significance and doing it right inside of that match. And speaking of building new stars, can we say that Master Wado was the MVP of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match? His exchanges with Ishimori, El Desperado, and Takahashi were crazy. You need to go and see this match because it really was something very, very special. Now then, we get to the double main event. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Now, if you have not heard or seen the fire, and I do mean fire promo that Osprey cut yesterday during the press conference, you need to go see it. I think we put it in our stories, but I'll make sure we put it there again in case you missed it because it was passionate. It was crazy. This match was incredible. I do mean incredible. It was brutal. So brutal. Kenny Omega wins the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Couple of takeaways. First of all, I really was hoping for Osprey to win. With that said, Kenny Omega in New Japan Pro Wrestling is far greater than Kenny Omega 
in AEW. Let me say that again for those in the back. Kenny Omega in New Japan Pro Wrestling is far greater than Kenny Omega in All Elite Wrestling. Perhaps him becoming the U.S. Heavyweight Champion will mean a couple of things. A, perhaps it means that the trios titles in AEW will potentially stay with Death Triangle. B, hopefully it means that we'll see Omega more in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think from his entrance to his in-ring performance, this was the Kenny Omega that attracted us to New Japan Pro Wrestling back in 2017. What we've been seeing in AEW is a shell of this Kenny Omega. This is the Kenny Omega that I don't think we can see in AEW because the style in AEW and the style in New Japan are just very different. So I'm making a lobby request for Kenny Omega to stay in New Japan because that's the Kenny Omega we know and love. What a match between him and Will Ospreay. Already an early candidate for match of the year. This takes us, of course, to the world title match. Kazuchika Okada defeats Jay White. I'll just say this. Kazuchika Okada is the Hulk Hogan, is the Ric Flair, is the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially when it comes to these big matches. He's not going to lose. He won the G1 Climax for the second consecutive year this year. Once again, he wins the world title in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, like it's just one of those things that's going to happen. I don't know who unseats him at this point. It was a great match for sure. So shout out to Jay White. Okada regains the world championship. So that's a quick look and a bit of analysis on Wrestle Kingdom 17. If you'd like to watch Wrestle Kingdom, it's easy to do. Go to njpwworld.com. Again, njpwworld.com. Sign up for a subscription and you'll get access not just to Wrestle Kingdom, but to their entire catalog. Now listen to this. Every year after Wrestle Kingdom, they have New Year's Dash. New Year's Dash is akin to the Raw after WrestleMania. It's always big. There's always something significant that happens. And this year, New Year's Dash is free, F-R-E-E, on njpwworld.com. So if you need kind of a trial to determine whether or not you want to go back and watch Wrestle Kingdom or whether or not you want to get a membership with New Japan, go ahead and watch New Year's Dash, which will air live at 4.30 a.m. Eastern, 3.30 a.m. Central, 1.30 a.m. Pacific, tomorrow, January the 5th, all right? So check that out. It is going to be free, and once you do that, you can determine whether or not you like New Japan, NJPW World. I think you will. It'll give you access to their incredible library. There's tons of English commentary on there as well. It also gives you access to the NJPW Strong Weekly program as well. It's just a wonderful, wonderful setup. And if you don't have access to AEW, I do believe it gives you access also to weekly episodes of Dynamite and Rampage, along with Impact as well. So definitely check all of that out. So with Mercedes Monet now being in New Japan, there are lots of rumors that she could be the mystery tag team partner coming in with Soraya next week. Apparently, we may hear something about who that could be tonight on Dynamite. So Dynamite will get interesting. Also, Dynamite will have a new look and a new set tonight. 
So be on the lookout for that. They have hired a former WWE employee who apparently was the second to Kevin Dunn. So we should get a different look, a different feel. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Dynamite tonight, but make sure you're checking that out. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, or anything you want us to cover, of course, hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show. And remember, if you're going to be in the Atlanta area this Friday night, SHW 47 goes down where control of the company is on the line in a six-person tag in the main event. You do not want to miss that. All right, family, until next time, representing from a good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner, and this is the faction. Salute my people, here we go. Salute my people.